All right. Hey, guys, what's going on? My name's Chris Hawkins, and this is Your Best Life Defined. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm kind of up today. I'm feeling really energized about what I'm doing, and I promise I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just, you know, Sandy and I have been talking. My wife and I have been talking, and we've just kind of come up. She kind of gave me some really good advice about my podcast and about the things I'm saying in the conversation. And, and so just so you know, the conversation hasn't changed. This, this conversation is still about you living your best life. It's about waking up every day and doing the best you can to capture the most out of the life that you have. With the, with the intention, with the continual goal to improve on that, to add things to your life that add value and, and make it better from the standpoint of how you feel about your life. And Sandy and I are a prime example. I mean, she was 18 or she was 16. I was 18. We're not even supposed to be sharing this kind of a relationship. We were supposed to be divorced by now, but guess what? We're not. And the reason that we're not divorced is because we kept looking at our relationship and we kept taking actions towards it. It took us a long time. We actually had to find Brene Brown and her book, The Power of Vulnerability, to do that. It actually took that for my eyes to be opened to the fact that you can do better. And that's really the ticket here. See, if you are if you know me from the past, if you know me from previous to retire in 2016, maybe even a little farther back because I started changing while I was still working. The impact that inmates in prison had on my life and being able to sit down with these guys and realize that my life doesn't suck. My life doesn't suck at all compared to some of these guys. I met guys who didn't ever, never knew who their father was. I met guys who never worked a day in their life. And it wasn't because they wouldn't have done that. They didn't do a conventional job. Oh, they worked. They sold drugs. And the reason they sold drugs is because that's how the people in their community made money. And it was this revolving door of people who were selling drugs because that was the only resource for jobs they had. And it would let, granted, it was pretty lucrative. They didn't have any male influence in their life. They were probably out on the street by the time they were 11 or 12 selling drugs as soon as they hit the street. And it was just the way it was. And I'm like, what? From that standpoint, my life was pretty damn good. But when I just looked at my life as a whole, what happened to me is I was a tough guy. Working in a prison, getting ready for law enforcement, becoming a cop, man, that's... You know, walking around, your chest all puffed out, you're all ready to fight at every moment. I was like on guard 24-7. I'd, I'd be sitting in the toilet thinking, I wonder what I'd do if someone came in the door right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy, okay? That is some crazy stuff. What would I do if someone tore the door, opened the door right now? How would I remove? What would be the moves? You know, and granted, it gave me the confidence to to do that job. I got into karate, Kempo Karate, and I and I learned how to fight. Not that I didn't know how to fight, but I perfected my skills. <laughs> that rough childhood turned into something really good as a cop. But the sad part of it is it almost destroyed my marriage. It almost destroyed my life. I was so angry. Ah. I remember times waking up in the, in the morning and thinking, did I really do that yesterday? I remember throwing tools across the floor of the tool room because the tool room guy was a dick. Or at least, no, at least I thought he was. And it's funny how you read stuff when you're pissed off. Some guy's just doing his thing. He's busy or doing whatever, and he's just doing his thing, right? And you walk up and you see something completely different and you act like that. And that wouldn't have been so bad. That wasn't even the worst part of it. 
The worst part of it was that guy came home with me every day. Every day I would come home. And I remember no matter what I had on my mind on that drive home, I can remember that second when that attitude would click back in. When it was almost like um, just a suit of armor, just click, as soon as I hit the door, turn that knob, click, click. In fact, this is how sad it was. I remember there were times when I would be hanging out with my wife, and I love her, I do, but we were just in that place, but I'd be hanging out with my wife, and I, we'd just kind of yucking it up, just kind of laughing like we didn't have any cares in the world. And then I would realize, I'm like, damn, I'm not being true to myself. Damn, I, I can't be, this is uncomfortable. I can't be being nice and kind. I can't be just laughing and enjoying her company and smiling and, and I can't be looking at her and reveling in how pretty she is. I gotta be hard. I gotta be, no one, tough guys don't laugh. Wow. That's a crazy one, huh? Tough guys don't laugh. I didn't do a lot of laughing back then. I did a lot of laughing at work, but it was only because the situation allowed for it. But I, why was I carrying that suit of armor into my own house? No one's going to attack me in my own house, but that's, that's kind of what happened. So the tough guy in me, so I'm so tough, I'm impermeable. So what my wife does is she does what she does. She attacks me with resentment and, and shame and guilt and all the things she does because we, we had been doing it that way so long. I was the warrior. She was the broken warrior. We, and we came from crappy childhoods. There's no doubt about that, right? But we come from these crappy lives. We come together and I'm being the tough guy and she's being the victim. And then one day I just, I don't know what happened. I just woke up one day and I said, okay, something's got to change. And we reached this point where it, the, 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 the armor was just too heavy. All that crap I was carrying about all the things she had done to me was just too friggin' heavy. All the things from the past was just... I mean, I couldn't walk with it anymore. I couldn't live with it anymore. And I just said, I have two choices. I'm going to dump all this baggage off and we're going to take this relationship in one of two directions. We are either going or either going to get rid of the baggage and start from today and move forward. Or we're going to call it quits. Now, the calling it quits thing would have been way more difficult than, than I can ever imagine. And I'm so glad we didn't take that path. But what I did was I just said, hey, listen, I'm going to be nice to you from now on. She was getting ready to fight. She was upset about something I had done. And I'm just sitting there and I can feel the, that, the habit that always comes in, the, the reaction that always comes up anytime she says something that shames me or I feel threatened. And it was that, that warrior well, screw it. I don't care. I, you, you leave if you want. You know, is this the end? You know, crazy, stupid stuff like that. And she, of course, she would respond like she always did because that's how that that's how that situation always occurred. So you should have. You can. You can. You got to imagine the look on her face when it starts the way it always does. But instead of her being face facing, staring into the eyes of the dragon like like she used to do every day and and standing her ground, the dragon was gone. All I was was her husband. I was just the first responder, and I told her. I says, "What do you need?" I said, "What do you need for me? What? How? How can I fix this thing?" And it was like, she's like, what? 
And instead of just realizing what I was doing, because it was so foreign to her for me to approach our interaction from a different position, from a position of kindness and consideration and compassion, that it set her back. She's like, what? So she pursued her path again. And she's like, well, no, I'm, you do this and you do that. And yeah. And I said, I said, okay, all right, I hear you. What can I do to make it better? What can I do to fix it? And all of a sudden, she was disarmed because she had never actually just stopped and said, well, honey, listen, it's really kind of bothering me that you walk around and when I ask you if you're, something's wrong, you always say nothing's wrong. It bothers me that no matter what goes on in our life, you do whatever you need to do. Nothing gets in the way of that and I'm the one that makes all the sacrifices. Because we had never engaged in that type of an interaction in that type of situation and what did i do i just changed it tough guy was gone now did he go away completely no this isn't something that just happened overnight it's something that i had to work on because she still was doing what she was doing because that was how we had learned to interact she wasn't coming from a position of kindness. Here I am, I'm hanging out with Brene Brown every chance I get, and she's over there doing the thing that she's always done. And so she throws the same things at me when things get uncomfortable for her that she always has, and every once in a while, one of them would stick. Every once in a while, one of those things that she threw at me would hit me square in the chest, and the, the dragon would come out, and he'd be like, Rawr, you know, and then I would regret that because it doesn't happen overnight. But it just, I owned it. I owned it. And I said, you know what? I, I have to do this for me. I can't continue to engage with the world in this situation or in this demeanor that not only it de diminishes my own qualities. I'm, I'm really a nice guy. I mean, I don't know if you can see this, see that or not, but I am, I'm a really nice guy. I'm just kind of hanging out, trying to adapt for whatever this thing is. And more than that, I don't want this to get away. Even if no one else listens to it, I hope that at some point my grandsons will listen to it. My grandsons will say, you know, hey, you should listen to this. This is pretty cool. This is great, 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 great grandpa Hawkes. <laughs> really? Never heard of the guy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about this whole thing, this whole situation. That's what's so cool about it is that it's, it's like, it's like, even if no one hears this, my there's a chance that my great great grandkids will find a copy of this somewhere on whatever the internet ends up looking like. <laughs> and here's another perspective. It's something you might want to think about before you go bowing up and saying, This guy, this ain't for me. I'm not gonna listen to Brene Brown with you. Which is really a good idea, by the way. If you have someone you love and they're dealing with the issues and things don't seem to be growing in your relationship, talk them into listening to Brene Brown or read the book. I don't know, whatever dynamic works best in your relationship, but you gotta you gotta coax them into the Brene Brown thing. Okay, because I'm telling you, it was crazy. My son did not believe I would ever listen to that book, and I did. And I'm like, damn, what? Damn, what? And I, she said, listen to it once, much less three times. I think I've probably listened to Brene Brown about six or seven times now. Because there's always room for a refresher, for a reminder. So, I don't know if you're picking up on this, but just, it's real simple. 
If you want your relationship and the person that you love to love you with all their heart and just be falling over themselves trying to get to you and hold you and touch you and kiss you and want to be with you, you kind of got to be the kind of person that makes a woman or a man or your partner want to do that, right? I mean, I know that seems kind of logical. It seems like that's, oh, really crazy, huh? You yo, you want me to be a friggin' super duper nice guy like they see on TV and do everything for my wife and show her kindness and love and compassion and consideration and work hard for her and make her life easier? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that's the gist of this whole thing. That's the gist of this whole conversation. Are you picking that up? <laughs> I'm having a really good time today. I tell you what, I, I said it in the last podcast and I'm going to say it again. It is so friggin' liberating to realize that I'm good enough. To realize that I can I can sit down here and I can share my story with you and no one cares. And it's all about us. It's all about this moment. So just keep that in mind. Don't let the tough guy in you destroy the relationship you have going on. Let that guy go. Try kindness and consideration and see what it does for you, okay? So just, just throwing it out there. Hey, guys, this is me. This is the new me. This is how it's going to go. I hope you enjoy it. I'd love to hear from you. Check me out on YouTube and on Podbean, depending on where you're at watching this or listening to this. And as always, just remember, today's your day. Make it a good one.